0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Assurance in Action podcast. Today's podcast is dedicated to cosmetic products intended for use by professionals. My name is Amélie Cordonnier, and I'm a pharmacist and toxicologist within Intertech Assurance in France. Today, I'm joined by my colleague Karine Zeng, also a toxicologist with the team. We are both in charge of assessments of cosmetic products
1: for our clients. Hi, Emily, welcome everyone. As you know, professionals such as hairdressers and beauticians are exposed daily to cosmetic products at their job. In this episode, we will tackle the importance of considering cosmetic professionals during safety assessments. We'll discuss specific aspects of assessment of such products and
0: suggest a methodology to follow. First of all, it is important to note that the exposure of professionals must be considered during the safety assessment of the product. This is a regulatory requirement. Indeed, the European Cosmetic Regulation states that all targeted or exposed populations must be taken into account. though this includes professionals as much as consumers. Karine, what are the specific aspects to assess regarding professional-use cosmetics products? The key element to distinguish cosmetic products intended
1: for professional use from those intended for consumer use is exposure. Exposure of professionals will differ significantly from that of consumers. In most cases, the area in contact with the product will be limited to the hands, and the contact time will be shorter due to
0: hand-washing after applying products. Right, exactly. And as part of their work, professionals will apply the same product several times per day and every working day, leading to a much higher frequency of use compared to consumers. Another key difference is the potential exposure by inhalation when preparing or applying products like hair dyes or nail polishes.
1: You're right. Actually, due to this higher frequency of use, the safety assessor should pay particular attention to repeated skin exposure and potential inhalation exposure when assessing the product. This will help reduce professionals' risk of cutaneous and respiratory diseases like dermatosis and asthma. For example, many formulations of nail polishes and artificial nails contain acrylate polymers. These raw materials can contain impurities known for their sensitization potential. So the safety assessor must ensure that these impurities are only present at technically unavoidable levels and will not be of concern for users, for both uh, professionals and consumers.
0: Furthermore, continuing with our example of hairdressers and beauticians, their skin could be weakened by repeated unwashing and thus will be more prone to develop dermatosis and increase the penetration of cosmetic products. So Karine, how do you determine the skin exposure of professionals to a given product? Well, usually
1: exposure scenarios are evaluated on a case-by-case basis. They have to be representative of reality. Luckily, it's possible to estimate quantity per application during clinical studies. The safety assessor may refer to the use protocol for the product defined by the brand and can directly question the professionals involved about the frequency of use and the quantity of the product used routinely. For example, we might ask a beautician how many massages they perform per working day. If several cosmetic products are used
0: successively in that routine, this also has to be considered. I see. Of course, if it's not possible to get this information, there are literature publications that can be consulted in addition to the SCCS, the Scientific Committee on Consumer Safety Guidelines. So, what about the choosing of a retention factor, the fraction of the product retained on the skin? The retention
1: factor depends on the use of the product. Usually, professional products can be considered as systematically rinsed, either due to their use, for example, a shampoo, Or for reasons of hygiene, because hands are washed after each use, after each massage, for example. In such cases, the retention factor is 0.01. However, if the exposure time is more than one hour before rinsing, as would be the case for a typical massage, the factor must be one. If the product is
0: only wiped off rather than rinsed off, the factor is 0.1. Right. It sounds like then, depending on the conclusions of the safety assessments, several different precautions for use may be recommended. That's right. It can be necessary to include specific use instructions and
1: precautions for professionals on the product label. For example, it might be required to hand wash after each application, to wear disposable gloves, or to wear a mask for the preparation and application of powder products. Often, all these measures should be followed to limit the
0: contact of the product for the professional and ensure it's safe use. Finally, if a product is intended to be used by professionals only, a specific mention, professional use only, should be indicated on the packaging. On that note, Karim, is it true that a safety assessment for professional use can also influence a safety assessment for consumer use? Yes, of course, the use of some product
1: at home can present higher risk for consumers than use in a professional setting. I have in mind the case of nail polishes which can pose a risk of sensitization from application on the skin adjacent to the nails instead of strictly the nails. In other words, risk from misuse or less skilled use of the product. For this reason,
0: In fact, some ingredients are permitted for professional use only. And this all goes back to what we began saying, that safety assessments of cosmetics products must account for exposure of consumers as much as of professionals, as the case may be, and account for their different use and exposure scenarios. It is a regulatory requirement, and it is essential to ensure a high production level for human health. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, contact our Intertech Asterisk team. We'll be happy to help. Thank you, Karine, for this great conversation and thanks to our listeners too.
1: Thank you for listening, everyone. Goodbye.